0: On today's episode, a story as old as time, man and man's best friend, Hudson and Rex. Season 3, episode 3, a Canadian show on City TV. This episode was called Into the Wild.
1: While I was doing research, I realized the show reminded me a lot of the Chad and Bernie mysteries. Uh, there are books ran by Spencer Quinn. Is he Canadian? Uh, I'm not sure, but I know he's friends with Stephen King. So is it like Cujo? No, like the dog and Bernie Chad. They're both like friends, and it relies entirely on their chemistry, and I imagine this show is the same way. Is Bernie a cop? Yeah, Bernie is a detective. So is Hudson. Hudson is a detective, but he's a Canadian detective, which means he's mighty polite. Did you get? <laughs> did you get any backstory on uh, Hudson and Rex? Because I know in the first episode of the season they gave kind of an origin story. We're at but, season uh, three. Like, yeah, if they then, were
0: giving backstory at this point, I feel like the show would be like redoing well, they gave something a, that it's already done. They gave
1: a full-on episode of backstory in the premiere of the season. I just want to know if they like continue to do that. No, or, this was all its own independent plot okay. about a murder and how outlandish this this is like ncis but with
0: a german shepherd like you're having the normal scenes with the tech guru and you have the boss and the other detectives his friends but then there's the dog to the side that that just barks
1: after after all the podcasts that we've done we've done over a hundred i do want to say i've never wanted you to enjoy a show more than this one just because of like all the facts i have about it did they say what the actual dog's name is in the credits no, what's the actual? I mean, they I'm sure they did. I just wasn't looking for it. It's Diesel, and Diesel, Diesel like has been Diesel, yeah. It's, it, Diesel's his first name, and he has just like a ton of facts written about him more facts written about him than the actual show itself. Normally, when they do shows like this, they have multiple pets
0: playing the one dog,
1: yeah. He does, he has Ico and Iz, Izzy, I believe, and those are his nephews, but you know, I wait. Find so that, they're all related, yeah. In, in fact. Uh, Keep it in the family. Well, even Diesel is related to the uh, original shows, Inspector Rex, that German Shepherd. Mm-hmm. Uh, same bloodline, 15 generations apart. But you know, they did the same thing with Airbud. Like every Airbud was related to the. Pre- it was a
0: clone. They just took some of the hair from the first movie, and then they just kept on making more earbuds.
1: I think the budget for that would be insane if that was the actual case. But I know that Diesel... And I think by now it would just be like a drooling mess of a dog. <laughs> Probably. Diesel actually gets mad at Iko and Izzy when he's not in the scenes. And they're okay, how, the are, scenes? how are you
0: pronouncing
1: one of their names? Iko? Iko, yeah. I-K-O. Okay. And he gets mad, so he'll start barking, and then they have to bring him away because... It's, it's funny because they be actually soon. left a lot
0: of barks in this episode. And I was wondering if any of them were, like, supposed to be edited out... But then they were like, no, let's just keep it. It's fine. He's a dog.
1: Well, 90% of the time that you see Rex on screen, you're supposed to see Hudson because they do their scenes you do. a lot. They're, together. they're all together. Yeah. And so was there a lot of stunt work done in this episode? There was, there was one pretty funny stunt
0: that happens about halfway through the episode that I'll get to. But first, I should probably give a little brief synopsis yeah. of the plot. So you have this like camp ranger who's with a group and they're like stumbling through the tundra or this area in Canada looking for a place to camp. And they find a dead body, and it's already sort of mummified, but they can tell that it's died pretty recently. However, the clothes on it are pretty old, but there's a gunshot, and the gunshot um, bullet is pretty new. So then we have. What do you mean by pretty new? Like. Like it comes from a gun that uh, is modern. So it's not like an old mummified body that's from (laughs) ancient Egypt that ended up in Canada. Right. Anyway, Charlie Hudson, the main character, he's investigating the case with the team. And we also find out that he's a divorcee. He's basically a Boy Scout by the end of this episode. And they do an autopsy of the body that they found. And the dog is allowed in the room during the autopsy, which is kind of strange. I've never seen that before in an episode, even with police dogs. Maybe he's supposed to be a service dog. I know that. No, I, he's, he's one of the cops. Like there's cops, there's cop dogs. It's just letting them into the autopsy room. You'd think that that would be probably drawing a line. Yeah. Anyways, the team sort of realizes since the body was in the middle of nowhere that the person was probably part of this group that had set off a long time ago, like 20 years back, who wanted to cut themselves off from society and had raised like there were like 20 of them out there just in the the wild. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they wanted to be left alone. And so Hudson goes and finds this reporter who went and lived with the group for a while. And the reporter is dodgy as hell. And he seems very
1: suspicious. When you say reporter, was he like a reporter? You guess said he was dodgy, but was he someone that was giving out he facts He was living in group, like an
0: abandoned or? house or like a foreclosed
1: house. Like you could see that
0: it wasn't completely constructed yet. And he sort of reminded me of like a cheap version of Benedict Allen, who, if you remember from 2017... Like he was this writer explorer guy, filmmaker from the 80s onward, who would go and find, uh, go on these like expeditions and find groups of indigenous people in communities that had no contact with society so that they'd never really like talked to anyone before. Some of them are like cannibalistic societies. Oh, wow. so, okay. So. Yeah. Like he had to ingrain himself in, and, and for instance, this one that he went to that made him famous in the 80s called the Yifo in Papua New Guinea Um, they greeted him originally with like the terrifying show of strength and energetic dance in which they displayed bows and arrows I looked it up Mm -hmm. afterwards Um, but he made friends with them and they helped him like get around in the middle of the jungle and then 30 years later he went back to see if he could thank them and he made it there but then he got lost or he also got like dengue fever and malaria and so for the longest ah. time there was this hunt for the journalistic world for for this guy in the middle of the jungle and they found him because they were afraid that like he had been murdered or something
1: and uh and he was just really really sick at the time these films that he would make would they be like candid A candid like they didn't like did the people that he was working with know that he was making a film? Yes, obviously. Like
0: he can't hide a camera.
1: <laughs> um he's just saying he's documenting it, I guess. So the guy that Hudson was interviewing was like this filmmaker.
0: Yeah, the guy he finds Edgar Vance in the show. He's an extreme survival reporter, and he, as I said, is acting pretty dodgy in a condemned house. But um Rex finds these same talisman that they find on the body, the dead body. Mm-hmm. In his house, everybody in this community gets this tiny little necklace talisman that goes around their neck. And they're all individual.
1: I know that they showed that on actually like a news show. They showed that Rex and a.k.a. Diesel is really good at finding things. So Yeah, to an unbelievable extent.
0: Like when he finally, Hudson finally makes his way to the community because he's like, okay, I'm going to go investigate. And he trucks out two hours into the middle of nowhere. And then he walks for another two hours to try to find more evidence mm -hmm. of the murder. And he does find like a tiny little satchel that has a book page in it from *The Count of Monte Cristo*, and they make a few jokes about that, about how the guy wrote down the name of the murderer on it. Yeah. So, so he just yeah, basically but the way gave that he found it, he just found it on the on the ground in the middle of uh, the grass after he'd been walking for two hours. So it was kind of unbelievable that the dog found that. And then later on, the dog found a gun that had been buried an inch into the sand at the communities, like, right outside someone's tent. And that was ridiculous because the guy also kept next to the gun the Count of Monte Cristo <laughs> when he could have just gotten rid of the book at any time and it would have just been a gun buried. Well, I know that Sherry like did. Like, they made it so on point to say, oh, this is actually the murder weapon. of Because technically he could have just had a gun under the tent and there wouldn't have been any problem with that. So you're saying the that, fact that, that say you murder someone in a community and you know that the community is very reclusive that nobody's probably going to find out. What do you do with the remaining belongings that you have of theirs? Probably you burn don't it. keep them. You don't bury them right next to the tent that's in the middle of the community only an inch into the dirt. Like what you do is you keep the gun obviously, but if you don't know that the bullet is still in the guy, then you ditch the book. And without the book, I don't think that Hudson would have the evidence to know that that was for sure the same gun. It was was kind of a weird connection that they were trying to pull there. But before we get to him actually being at that community, what happened is Hudson goes back to his car after he finds that piece of paper. And his car has been broken into and the spark plugs have been pulled from it. So he he, and his phone is dead at this point. So he can't contact the base and say, hey, I'm going to (laughs) be out longer. They think that he's just on a on a mission right now. So he's going to be gone for quite some time. He's just there with his dog. And so he starts to walk just out towards the community, I guess. Hudson is a self-described city cop. And he's in the middle of this barren with his dog kind of playing Boy Scout And he makes his own fire, and apparently him and Kendra, the original um, ranger who found the body, have, like, a past together. They've hinted at that throughout the entire episode. Was it a
1: will-they-won't-they type thing? I mean, they lay it on pretty thick
0: that that's what they've had a relationship in the past. So... Hudson is just like plain survivor man in the forest, right? And uh he lights a fire, he finds water, but when he finds water, like Rex guides them to water, a lake, yeah. <laughs> a little pond, right? Yep. And Hudson straight out beefs it like into a rock. Like he trips on a pebble and the sound effect they use is so intense and crunchy <laughs> that it sounds like he should be dead. That his skull had just like erupted on impact because it was like <laughs> And, like, yeah, you so was every, no blood So whatsoever. everything you
1: see is just in a dream world from that point on.
0: You see his body laying there, and then this is when I I like the show, all right? Rex has his time to shine here. Because you see him look at the guy, mm-hmm. go up to him, nudge him a little bit, and then, like, look up with this state of, of like, just I to, need to uh, do something. Determination. And then he just bursts out like he's running at the beginning of the thing you know mm-hmm. that yeah, dog that yeah, goes yeah, like right. crazy and we see these overhead like helicopter shots of the dog running do you through get the, the big
1: music in the background big crescendos
0: um i don't know about that i don't remember but it's like he's trying out for homeward bound <laughs> like he's like i can do this and then the next scene we see hudson wake up and he's at the shelter or the place with the 20 people and they're describing like hey we found you your dog led us to you and he's missing his gun so he suspects Mateo Baron as having murdered the kid, um, who they find out his name is Heath, and he was like a 20-year-old. And uh, but after he questions him and like kind of just the cliche, "Did you kill him?" <laughs> like yeah, type of questioning, yeah. uh, he finds the gun outside his tent too. And so you're like supposed to, as an audience member, think, "Oh, it's a cut and clear thing," but. To me, I was like highly suspecting that the main leader of the group was the bad guy because he was also giving off some weird vibes. But it ended up being the doctor, the med school um, dropout who apparently had killed his father and had told Heath about it while he was drunk and then had to kill Heath. And then he has this chase sequence with Hudson at the very end where Hudson tells Rex to... Rex, for some reason, has the ability to sense bullets before they're shot because he, <laughs> he warns Hudson straight up to get on the ground. And then Hudson tells Rex to go get higher ground and jump on the guy at the best possible second. So he gets the guy admitting to all these murders. and then he's like, now! Nah! And then the dog leaps up and, like, tackles uh, the guy with a rifle in his hand. Also, sorry, last point... Hudson leaves like two hours from the camp telling some of the camp members, hey, don't tell anybody I'm leaving yet because I don't want them to get on the run or anything because he's already suspecting uh, either Mateo or the doctor is doing it. And so two hours later, he's been like gone for a long time. They realize that he's gone. And somehow it takes the doctor less time to catch up to the dude because he has to first get the gun, like unbury right, it. Yeah. And then he has to catch up to him and then he has to threaten him. And the guy still hadn't made it even, like, halfway to the cops that were searching for him at this point. So it, there, there's a lot of parts where I was like, nah, this doesn't make a lot of sense. It kind of reminded me of the third day where you have oh, this right. weird sort of community that was just off-center. But these people were less evil than that community. Like, besides um, the, the doctor at the end, it, it really wasn't – whose name was, like, Casey something – there wasn't really anybody bad. It also reminded me of the Lost community, because after some seasons, a lot of the survivors decided they just wanted to live on the island. Mm-hmm. Like, away yeah. from society, they preferred it. Right. And so that's what this sort of reminded me of as well. And then, obviously, the relationship between Rex and Hudson was very reminiscent of Fallout 4,
1: if you've ever played it. <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> or yeah. seen the poster. Uh, so you mentioned a couple things there. One, I know that they did film in the woods a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned the part where uh
0: no Rex one was wearing was...
1: masks either. You said it was filmed in July. Yeah, in fact, there was a COVID scare that um, no one from the cast had it, but two people that could have possibly gotten it from someone else. But not uh, Rex, because could... dogs can get it. Yeah, no, it wasn't Rex that uh <laughs> that got it. But in the scene in which you talk about his eyes shifting up, what they do for that is they take Sherry Davis, who is the trainer of Diesel, and then they place her in, like, certain spots. So if he has to look in a certain place in a different scene, they'll take her off camera, and that's how they kind of do simple tricks like that. Do you order- remember
0: Angie Tribeca? They have a German Shepherd dog that, like, they yeah. make fun of the show. That could legitimately be just a parody of this show because of how they use this German Shepherd. Like, he's Hudson is constantly talking to that dog. And he's giving out the most basic of information to the audience at the same time, <laughs> but it, it gets a little like repetitive after a while. Like there's a lot of jokes that are like, "You just said the b-word." Nobody, I don't have a bone for you.
1: Right? Yeah, no, I, I understand. Or
0: or it gives him a reason to again voice his thoughts. Like, "What is it, boy? Oh, you smell something?" I'm pretty tired, but we have to uh, we have to keep going. Otherwise, you'll lose the scent.
1: Well, I know it takes a lot of work to like in order to have a dog, or it any also has to be a lot of fun though. To yeah. Work a but uh, you have to have a lot of different people if you want animals in your TV show or movie, like trainers there, in order for that to work. In fact, Sherry Davis talks about the most crazy thing she had was having to train like 650 rats for a movie, and she called it the rat mobile because there was like a trailer full of rats. So that's something that she had but rats rats
0: But rats are pretty smart, right? They pick up on like mazes, and they wouldn't be well, training them to like do something. Well, there were all different
1: types of rats. There was just stunt <laughs> rats, rats, and just... Even I rats think, I think had... the movie
0: you're talking about, I've seen it. It's called Ratatouille. No, and it's it's about a chef. Like, how, how did they even they get could, that? they
1: could have been in Ratatouille because some of the rats had like roles that they had to do after the film, the live action version of Ratatouille. Yeah, that's still <laughs> in the works as
0: now. Or the theatrical, or sorry, like in the theater. Can you imagine going to a theater performance where they have a bunch of live rats <laughs> running around the stage? That'd be amazing. That'd be like could, a 4D like, film. A... Yeah, now I'm just imagining like a Siegfried and Roy situation where like one of the rats gets loose and like starts to attack an audience (laughs) member, but it's like a tiny little rat so they have to just grab it.
1: Going back to the show, I know that they have a lot of outlandish murders. You want to go
0: back to the show. Well, yeah, They, they range <laughs>
1: right. from uh, assassination at prestigious dog show to hunting a murderer through Newfoundland's harsh tundra to a scuba diver being killed to protect an international secret. Yeah, so, I was
0: surprised. Usually with like cop shows, they tend to just kind of gloss over a plot to get us to the murder. This one seriously went in depth with the storyline of like a survivor mission. And to the point where they were making some jokes about again Survivor Man, the Canada's Bear Grylls, and apparently I looked it up, and this guy is his name is like Les something or other, but he's like an everyman Bear Grylls because Bear Grylls is actually a, a an athlete, so he's able to do some crazy like stunts and stuff. Like he's an Olympic olympian or something right
1: with the references that you're talking about in the show did they seem outdated but trying to be up to date or were they actually jesse, jesse like... i
0: said is the nerd of the yeah. show and he just makes constant references the biggest written joke of the show was when jesse was approached by the captain about the monte cristo uh page that they found right. because hudson had sent him pictures of it mm-hmm. and the captain says i remember that book I, I i think i know it pretty well that's the one and then he proceeds to give like a clear line like one for all and or, <laughs> what's the line
1: one all for one and one for all
0: yes and and then the guy's like i'm pretty sure that's three musketeers <laughs> so that's about the level of comedy that you'll get
1: i have a three truths and one lie game these uh, deal with actual episodes um and one of these is fake and i want you to guess what the fake one is so one was entitled game of bones charlie and rex investigate a fantasy role-playing game turned deadly when a player is found slain The second one, uh, that was season two, episode 18. The second one was, there was a musical episode in the first season in which the Diesel has a song, and his song is considered by many fans to be the best part of the episode. That's season one, episode nine. Dating app where Charlie must go undercover and is considered a fan favorite episode, season two, episode 12. And then Charlie and Rex head underground into an allegedly haunted mine after a crew member turns up dead during a horror film shoot, season two, episode 14.
0: The horror movie shoot thing sounds like a supernatural episode. Like, I'm pretty sure there's one where they were doing a horror movie. Yeah, it was, then,
1: that was season two as well. That was season two as well?
0: Yeah. And did you take it from that? I don't know. Is that your guess? No, my guess was going to be the musical episode. But I guess I'll go with that one. No, it was the musical episode. Ah, yeah, because the musical one <laughs> sounded ridiculous. You yeah, said that, the that Rex had, <laughs> yeah, that Rex first had song? a song? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, good. that didn't make any sense. I mean... They, they the only reason <laughs> I... You don't see it on the... People who are listening to the podcast don't see it, but your face when I brought up that Supernatural episode made me think that it was going to be that one.
1: Rex, or I should probably say Diesel, gave birth to six pups over the summer. and Well, uh, he didn't give birth, right? No, they were birth, I meant to say.
0: So he had sex with another dog and the bitch gave birth to six dogs. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, one thing that's weird about that is usually dogs in training, dogs in training, Usually, animals that have to be trained for films and stuff, they want them to be under as much control as possible and not to like freak out. And I've heard that when you neuter an animal, it tends to make them more like well, I know that easier when to train and such.
1: Diesel wasn't supposed to be a acting dog. Like when he was one, he was returned because the owner was like, "I wanted to breed him, but he 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 was just too crazy." <laughs> is what Sherry Davis said so. But then uh, and yet he he got the gig. Well, Hudson and Rex came to Sherry Davis. I believe this is correct, but I wasn't sure. They came to her seven years ago and were like, hey, we want to make this show. And then it just never came to fruition until seven years later where they called her back and they were like, hey, do you have any Shepherds? And she was like, sure. So Rex was supposed to be played by a different dog until one of the show, like, uh, People, one of the big execs, were like, you know, I, I kind of like that dog over there. And she was like, oh, yeah, that's my dog, Diesel. And then did they, they ever
0: said, did they ever consider having a CGI dog, like a Scooby-Doo type?
1: It's funny you say that, because I read articles that were like, usually TV show people, like trainers, don't want to actually use dogs. They want to, like, use as much <laughs> CGI as possible. But I don't think you can do that, especially with a show like this. What, what makes you say that? Because it would be a ton of money. Oh yeah, this okay. isn't like his I thought dark you were it Because it would just look funny.
0: <laughs> like if you ever
1: saw George of the Jungle two or something, where they just CGI'd <laughs> animals in, it looks so bad. Well, is were there any other animals except for dogs in this? Like were there any birds? Because like you said, they were. Were in the there waters. any birds in the? Show I know that in watched. order for that, you have to have some trainers as well. Well, I mean, they
0: were shooting the outdoors, so there's going to be like animal- I don't even remember there being any birds, so I don't even think there's. Well, matters. yeah, I know yeah.
1: that in order to have a lot of animals, yeah, they have animal wolf. The their park laws, ranger and- did was
0: not a convincing park ranger. Like Kendra, it felt more like she was an actress who was just playing the love interest because Ooh. she wasn't. She kept on giving the person notes about like, well, I taught him how to make a fire, and uh, this we got to we got to hurry up, guys, to make camp. But it's like. I don't know. She seen, didn't sell me on the camp ranger.
1: Seeing some clips for it, it looked like a psych type of thing. Did it didn't remind you of psych at all?
0: Uh, less comedy. Um,
1: psych could do with a dog episode, and I'm sure they've thought
0: about that, or if not, if not done that.
1: Like well, if yeah. they
0: ever need to replace Gus in Psych, they can. Well, the show's up. over, so they, <laughs> they keep here. on making movies.
1: Well, that leads to my next question because they're in final negotiations to bring this show over to the U.S. I know that it's being played in over a hundred territories. It's COVID. Yeah, and I was going to say which. Uh, channel like, do you think they should bring this over to if availability was not like an uh, issue?
0: Transplant, coroner. What, what did they go to?
1: They went to CW and NBC. Okay. So one of those,
0: <laughs> it, it really doesn't matter. This is, it's not going to like break the TV ratings if it came over to the U S, but at the same time, it's just I a think bit it premiered, of
1: fun. I think it premiered like with 2.5 million viewers on city TV or something. Like I said, it's the number one show and Diesel even has his yeah, own. but
0: if you take Ball for instance, who we, which we did last episode that has like 10 million and it's in its fifth season and so obviously something like that which even though it may just be filled with as much pulp as this show is it's gonna pull more of an audience in because there are more famous people
1: well diesel has his own trailer his uh own chef and yes his and own i'm not chauffeur. talking about the dog <laughs> well yeah. i think he the dog is the chauffeur. most bad. his own chauffeur yeah <laughs>
0: what but does also... that even mean like what does it entail does
1: what? it, it entail? they walk them like <laughs> no <I'm not. laughs> Tails entails a wagon. Well, I was going to say that I think that Diesel is the most famous from the show because he's even taken pictures with Forever Young, which is a organization that focuses on bringing dogs, like especially older dogs, into houses. And he's even gone to like different supermarkets and places where, pe- where fans are able to take pictures with him. Mm-hmm. So I, <laughs> I think he's liked more than some actual actors on the show. Um, and John Reardon has even stated that Diesel is a pro. He hits his mark better than I do. So... And but
0: I I wouldn't be surprised if fans didn't know the difference between one German Shepherd and another. It's like Lassie.
1: Yeah, no, that's fair. But the whole entire cast I know would because they have to, had to like learn hand signals, to get gam to speak. Oh, cool. Yeah, and they even post videos of him doing like parkour and stunts onto their Twitter. Like I said, I got a lot of information on Diesel here. So yeah, go ahead. Uh, so Diesel also is three and a half years old and was previously a mobility dog helping handicap people he gets a pod cure which is as one article like referred to it in a spa treatment every week so he looks exactly like before and is on the call sheet um, that's
0: like in 24 they needed to keep on having their haircuts every week because it was it, every hour was supposed to be within that right, one day yeah so they needed everybody to look exactly the same
1: I don't think they have to go that strict with it, but I do. Think, like well, you a, said it was every Yeah, week. yeah, it was, it's been every week. And Sherry Davis also owns 52 dogs at home, and she's going to be scared. 52 dogs? At her home, yeah. Is she, like, one of those yeah. people who rents them? Yeah, wow, yeah, yeah. And that's crazy. She, How big is her house? Well, now? she's
0: worked at. That's, an, like, Caesar Mulan.
1: Is that his name? Yeah, that's a, that's a dog whisperer. Yeah, like, that's, like, his type of universe yeah. well she's <laughs> well she's worked on firehouse dog and room as the animal wrangler and she's worked on just a ton of other stuff does she stuff keep the well. rats in the same place i don't think that she really has rats i think that that was just that was back in 1996 so, oh, this so most of them have probably passed away probably or we're down to like rat 53 i know she's scared about 53rd once diesel is done with his acting career i know that she's scared to bring him home because she will and she's saying that she feels like he's going to be a couch potato because of how much work he has to do um, but he he works 12 hours a day, just like the cast. And she also has mentioned that John Reardon is absolutely fantastic with Diesel on set. John Reardon being Hudson? Uh, being Hudson, yeah. So again. Well, they
0: seem like they get along. I believe that they're. Well, why doesn't he just take. Rex home with him.
1: I thought that he would, but when I was just doing probably to bond, on, they did that probably like. Oh well, three days he met Rex three Diesel three days before they were actually going to film. Apparently, sung in the car with him and drove him around, and that uh, that got them really attached.
0: They did a carpool karaoke. Yeah, that's pretty basic.
1: <laughs> like they do that. Every and show. and he he also brought Diesel home to meet his family, who I believe he has a kid <laughs> and is. You know, like, he he did a lot. No, of That things sounds to get like a girlfriend. <laughs> it's like and then he brought them
0: to Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> And his parents did not like him. Well. <laughs> he kept panting at the table.
1: <laughs> well, yeah. And so also the show has gotten mixed reviews. I know that it's gotten like it's... it's hard to bash the show because I wanted to like come in there and ridicule
0: it for stealing the same plot as every other cop show and just adding a dog component to it. But when you do add a dog component, it always makes it better.
1: Does it feel cheap though that they're doing it that way? Not when you see
0: Rex take scenes in control <laughs> And then, like, just re- again, I don't understand how Hudson survived that fall or why they used that sound effect. I'm gonna play it back <laughs> after the show for
1: you because it was just nuts.
0: I, it got <laughs> he, was, it. he was dead. <laughs> He was dead on the ground, and that should have been the end of the show, or at least when Rex took over.
1: The first season was 13 episodes, the second season was 19 episodes, but they decided to take the last three episodes of the first season and just play it as the first three episodes of the second. So this epi- so this season's supposed to be the first one with actually 16 episodes, and I know that it's on a 6.8 on IMDb, and that it's been referred to as a hidden gem and also it gets incredibly cheesy. Shows are allowed to be cheesy as long as they don't end up like age of the living dead, which yeah. I think
0: was more the cheap camera work. Cause you could tell it felt like it was produced by uh, high schoolers. When you look at the footage versus something like this, where it obviously is
1: uh they, they low budget,
0: this... but it's a, you can tell that the cameras are good.
1: They shot this in St. John in uh, Canada, which I believe is supposed to be kind of the capital of it. So did it have good cinematography?
0: I already mentioned the drone shots that happen outside. Yeah. That's, that's that.
1: I know that beta film is producing the show and it'll show up also in the Netherlands, Eastern Europe, Africa, and basically everywhere. So. So you're just saying it's going to be widely produced. Or, yeah, I think you're going to be seeing a lot more of the show. Like the Property Brothers. You're going to be seeing a lot more of us. <laughs> that's a really dumb commercial. It's their Super Bowl ad. But yeah, I remember what it was. It's not as bad
0: as, what was it, the wife and... and we'll, we'll do their show next. I'll be sure to assign you one of the Property Brothers things because I, I we've never even gone over it and i think one of them is da- dating tina
1: fey i, I have no, no idea i don't keep up on
0: Zoe, that so but we have to say tina fey in every episode now that's a rule
1: <laughs> okay well i'm all done on this side so
0: you're done on that side on the research yep okay well then i think we'll call it for the episode it was pretty good um for a network tv show that is sort of like ncis meets a german shepherd mm-hmm. it's exactly what you're gonna get you'll get some funny moments and uh check it out if you have the time bye bye